Hello, everyone, and welcome to That's a Dumb Roll Podcast. I'm Ben. And I'm Greg. Greg, I'm excited today. We've gotten a chance to do a few of these, but this one is the most interesting to me by far. We're doing baseball's 41 most unbreakable records. Mm -hmm. And I thought we'd just go through a bunch, and in return, since we did a couple others like this, I'm going to ask you and walk through this list together and just see what you think as somebody that's watched baseball, that's loved baseball for forever. Yes. And then I'm going to try to follow along the best I can and just enjoy it. Sounds good. All right. Starting off at the top, number one, most career wins, 511, set by Cy Young in 1890 <laughs> to 1911. Right. So oh. I don't even know where to start with this one because there's no way this, if there's any record that will never be broken, it's this. 511 wins by a pitcher is insane. I mean, <laughs> you would have to play, well, here we go. You'd have to do, his highlights include five 30 win season. Now, keep in mind, if you get a 20 win season now, that's, it's amazing. That's incredible. He had five 30 win season and 15 20 win season. The next closest player is Walter Johnson with 417. So, unless something drastically changes in the sport, there's no way somebody gets more. No, than five not even wins. longevity. Like players playing longer, right. I think we'll touch this. This yeah. is just in the moment. Cy was the guy. <laughs> Cy was the guy. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, moving on to number two, most wins in a season, <laughs> 60, set by Charles Radborn yes. in 1884. Right. So it's, again, I don't think this could ever be broken. 60 <laughs> wins in a season. To, to get, like I said, to get 20 wins is ridiculous. And to get 60 would be, I mean, you would have to pitch every third game, not even that, every every two and a half day, games, and you'd have to win every one. I mean, it's just there's no way that's going to happen. Wow. I, I, and honestly, a lot of these pitching rules, the game is so different now. Where back, you know, back in even 20 or 30 years ago, you would have pitchers who would regularly pitch nine innings. Yeah. And now it's like if you can get a guy into the sixth inning. It's, it's amazing like, if they go past the sixth. Yep. Wow. Well, most. How about let's jump to most career completed games. Right. Again, Mr. Cy Young was seven hundred and forty-nine. <laughs> right. Um, highlights include nine forty complete game seasons, eighteen thirty completed game seasons, and completing ninety-two percent of his total career starts. So, wow. dipping right back into the rules have changed. Yeah. It's it. They've changed so much that you you would just never see a player this dominating in today's game. You just wouldn't. Um, Seven hundred forty nine complete games. Uh, and again, it's for people that may not know this, a, a complete game is where the pitcher pitches the whole game. It's a mm-hmm. complete game, whether win or lose, you pitch the whole game. Um, but again, back then, like they just did that. I yeah. Mean, if I pit, mean, yeah, you don't. You didn't have. There wasn't really a thing as like a relief pitcher in a way it was like yeah. okay you're pitching this game and you pitch the whole game you so. go till you can go no more <laughs> right so wow. that's just a crazy rule so or a record i should say now, well size got two on the board so let's see what's next okay most complete games in a season right so i i kind of would expect this might be side but it's not no all-time record is 75 set by will white probably the most normalistic <laughs> name you can have in 1879 Um, going by a different standard, the modern era record of 48 was set by Jack Chesbro in 1904. still doesn't seem very modern, but what are your thoughts on this? 
again, one of those records where to pitch a complete game, again, to do 75, you would have to, first of all, you'd have to pitch in 75 games, which <laughs> is never going to happen. No, we're close. And then to get a, to have a complete game, um, again, if you can get, if a pitcher today can pitch, I don't know, 10 complete games, it would be amazing. So, yeah. Not going to see that one broken anytime soon. These first five rules, and we'll we'll do the fifth one right now, mm-hmm. um, but really have, out of all of these revisiting the most unbreakable rules, this is the most drastic. Like, this game has changed yes. in a way that's really tough to see, and I don't think baseball gets credit for that a lot. It, it really doesn't, and it's probably one of the sports, um, probably maybe along with football as well, that has, you know, some port, sports never change. Golf, tennis, um you know, soccer. And yeah, baseball kind of feels like it, it's in that group, but it, right. it really is proving not to be it's, that guy. It's so different now, but yeah, let's go on to the next two. Of here. course. Most consecutive completed games in a season since 1900 was 39. Yep. Unreal. So consecutive complete games. It's it's bad. It's hard enough to, to pitch a complete game, but to do it consecutively 39 times and then most consecutive games without being relieved. Again, we talked about this where there really wasn't such a thing as relief yeah. pitchers. So back uh, back in 1901, uh, Jack Taylor did this. And again, I can't see it ever, ever be broken. Well, speaking of Jack Taylor, um, most consecutive games without being relieved. This mm-hmm. goes hand in hand. Yeah. 202. <laughs> 202 consecutive games that the manager never came out to get old Jack Taylor off the mound. Um, From June 20th, 1901, all the way through August 13th, 1906, he never left the mound. Never left the mound at all. (laughs) That's just crazy. I I know people that move out of their house quicker than that. Like, that's a ridiculous record. I mean, think about it. He never was hurt. He never had to come out because of injury. I mean, it's just so amazing that that he could do that. So, yeah. All right. Now, the next one, I could see this maybe being All right. Well, the one that we're talking about is most career shutouts Mm -hmm. at 110, set by Walter Johnson, 1907 through 1927. Um, Highlights include 11 six shutout seasons, and leading the league in shutouts seven times. Mm-hmm. So walk me through what you're seeing to this could be a possible broken record. So a shutout is when a pitcher doesn't give up any runs. You shut out the other team, right? I could see this being broken only because there are some really good pitchers in today's game that can pitch effective enough where the other team doesn't score any runs. Um, 110, that's tough. That's mm-hmm. a lot of shutouts. But it's not out of the question. If you have a dominating pitcher who maybe does 10 shutouts a year for 10 years, that's 100. Yeah, so I, you're in the you ballpark. Know, you're in the ballpark. No so, pun intended um, there. But. Yeah, so it's, again, it's it's rare that this could, could be broken, but I wouldn't say it's unbreakable. Well, let's just talk for just a moment because I'm curious what you think of this one player. The closest active player is Clayton Kershaw with 15. Right. So Clayton, I'll pull up how many years he's been playing, but <clears throat> it would probably have to be a, a player of that caliber, something incredibly special like a Clayton have, Kershaw. Yeah, no question. It would have to be a real, I mean, a once in a lifetime or once in a generation pitcher that is so dominating <clears throat> that you just can't hit him, and he yeah. would have to pitch a shutout. So. Yeah, and he's been playing for a total of fifteen years, Kershaw. So 
it's <laughs> it's been a while it's but a while. it's it definitely could be something on the table i can see it happening now that you kind of describe it in the way that you did yeah. all right well let's talk about the most shutouts in a season period yeah it's at 16 it was first it was set first by george bradley in 1879 we're hearing a lot of these old 1800s right. 1906 um records still standing to this day it was also equaled by grover cleveland alexander in 1916 not grover cleveland the president <laughs> grover cleveland alexander um both are set at 16 and then the live ball era era excuse me of 13 by bob gibson in 1968 which is probably the one most people would default to right right naturally so again it would be really an amazing feat for a pitcher to do that now but i would say it wouldn't it's not out of the question it, mm. it could happen yeah it would probably it's just a shift back towards pitching in a little way the same right. way the matt harvey era yes. happened and then yeah. there was the arms race with the detroit tigers where they got three cy young winners on mm -hmm. one team between scherzer price and then um verlander thank yep. you yep. so maybe we could see if things started to swing that way where it was a pitcher's league all over again right maybe it maybe could, could happen well i'm really mm. interested in this one okay most consecutive no hitters right i thought this be this would be higher two only two only, only two yeah, only johnny two. vander <laughs> or johnny vandermeer excuse yeah. me but i thought just by the, the simple way that we were going with some of the insane pitching numbers and the amount yes. of times that guys never got pulled There'd be a few more no-hitters in there, but it really is rare. It's very rare. So only two consecutive no-hitters have ever been thrown by, in this case, Johnny Vandermeer. So in 1938, um, again, to pitch a no-hitter is so rare. To do two in a row, it's, I mean, boy, it would be it would be amazing. But I will tell you, in 1988, Dave Steeb of the Toronto Blue Jays he had consecutive no-hitters going with two outs and two strikes in the ninth inning, and both were broken, broken up wow. by singles. So he was right there but couldn't get it done. So it's possible to match. Do you think it can be broken? Three no-hitters in a row. I can't see it happening. Yeah, really the odds can't. are just too stacked yeah. against the pitcher. Yeah. Now, Max Scherzer, in 2015, he threw a one-hitter and a no-hitter. Mm. So there's that, but to do two perfect games or two no-hitters. Uh, Maybe we should just talk in 30 years when the talent continues <laughs> to grow and get better. It could be, yeah, yeah. I mean, but it's, yeah. At the, where we stand, it doesn't feel like that. No, no. Okay. Well, let's talk about most career no-hitters then. We're right. kind of leading from one thing into the next kind of nicely here. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about Nolan Ryan with seven from okay. 1966 to 1993. Just a pure Iron Man. Another great name that came up is Sandy Colfax in second with four. Yeah. Um, where where do you stand with this one? Most career no hitters. I, I do not see this broken ever. Really? Um, seven no hitters. For a pitcher to throw even one is is a huge. I mean, you just don't see it much. Um, but to throw seven, I, I can't see it happening. Well, I, I and the fact it. that the gap between seven and four, right? That's I a mean, big gap. Yeah. Unreal. Yeah, Nolan Ryan was absolutely most dominating pitcher I've ever seen. So I am glad that we've gotten to talk about him a few times on this podcast, and mm -hmm. there'll be more times to come. Yeah. Um. So let's move on to number eleven. Most career strikeouts with the man again, Nolan Ryan, 1966 through 19, 
93, 5,714 strikeouts. <laughs> you can't get through the sentence without laughing a little bit. Um, I'm trying to just go through all of his stats right now, and he's a man on an island. He's he all is. by himself. So he, he, I mean, in my lifetime, I've never seen a pitcher as dominating as him. Complete power pitcher. He, he can bring the heat like there's nothing else. Um, absolutely dominating in every possible way you could think of. He had six 300 strikeouts, 300 strikeouts in a season, six times, 15 200 strikeouts, and he's and leading the league in strikeouts 11 times. So oh. completely dominating, nothing even comes close. Here's a funny thing. The next closest player in terms of career strikeouts, Randy Johnson, who has 839 fewer strikeouts. So he was almost a thousand away. That's how good, yeah, so. Can I also just because... I decided to pull up his reference page on baseball. Mm-hmm. One of the best years he I'm trying to find the best year period that he had in terms of strikeouts. What do you think the number might be? And I'll give you a hint. It's north of 250. This I feel really mean doing this, but I just want to see <laughs> if I can test your memory. Um, and this is Nolan Ryan we're talking about. I would say 280. I'm going to say add 100 and make three with it you're kidding 383 strikeouts in 1973 wow i year prior to that well how let, let me just do this 133 the first year 92 the second uh barred by a little bit of injury there wow. 125 130 137 329 in his fifth year 383 367 186 327 341 260, 223, then he starts to level out around 200, 140, 245, 183, 190, 270, he comes back a couple years later, 280, or 228, 301, 232, I mean, these are numbers that are just so hard to fathom, ever, anyone ever getting close (laughs) to that, that alone. I know, I just, I don't think it'll happen, I really don't. Unbelievable. Well, let's move on to some batting titles yeah. um, and records themselves because mm-hmm. we've been talking about pitchers for a while. Yep. So let's talk about most career hits with one of my favorite players to talk about, Charlie yeah. Hustle, Pete Rose. Yes. Pete Rose officially has 400, 4,000, excuse me, 4,256 hits. Mm-hmm. Do you think this can be broken? I don't. Um the, the next closest was Albert Pujols at 3,300. So, again, almost 1,000 short of that. Um, you're just not going to see um, – well, I shouldn't say that. Well, actually, I will say that. I mean, there are there – uh, let me back up. There are some players who have hit over 3,000. Mm-hmm. Um, Albert Pujols, like I said, Miguel yeah. Cabrera. Um, but to, to hit four, over 4,000 hits in your career, um, again, you just have to have, like, career seasons for – 15, 20 years. Yeah. Well, and Pete Rose there. played from 1963 to 86. <clears throat> right. Like the the length of his career years, yeah. is just ridiculous. And right. we're talking about Miguel Cabrera. He's almost 40. Yep. Miguel Pujols, uh, Albert Pujols, excuse me, yep. I think is 40. You know, yep. he's been around a long time. So for Pete Rose to not only have this record, but to do it over a long period of time and still maintain excellence... And then to compare it to other excellent players like Pujols and Cabrera, it's just incredible. Right. They had the same amount of time, and they couldn't get anywhere close. Not even close. So, 
Yep, I don't think this one is broken. I, I really don't. Wow. It's crazy. Yeah, good for Charlie Hustle. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, we're jumping to one of my personal favorite baseball players of all time. He was one of the first baseball cards I ever collected. Okay. Most hits in a season was Ichiro Suzuki with 262. Um, Ichiro, unbelievable player, Golden mm-hmm. Glove winner, phenomenal hitter. Had a weird batting he practice. Did. Yes, I remember that very vividly when he first came out. Yeah, but is one of the most beloved players I think by my generation. Yep. I think so too. Um, so he was incredible. But what do you think of this record? Um, I I I can see it being broken at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, won't won't be easy. But um, you know, he did it in two thousand four, which tells me he did it in an era where all the players are. I mean, the game back then was kind of how it is today in a yeah. way. So I could see it being broken. But I mean, very hard to do. Uh, but yeah, he was a great player, and um, yeah. I mean, 262 hits is is averaging more than you know, a hit a game, and yeah. to to keep that up over. The, first of all, you're going to have to play almost every game or every game, and you're yeah. going to have to go you know get one, two, or three hits per game. It's it's, it's not it feels easy. like we'd have to have a little more of a culture shift backward. I think so too. And then the league would still have to progress forward with the offense in order for this to be broken. So who right. knows? Yep. But yeah. it, it doesn't feel like it'd be very likely within the next five to ten years. No, nope, I don't think so. All right. Well, let's keep the, the love for Suzuki rolling with most consecutive seasons with 200 hits. Ichiro did it ten times wow. from 2001 through 2010. And I actually remember this as a kid. This is one of the few baseball memories that I had growing up is everyone saying, like, Ichiro Suzuki, the jerseys were everywhere. He just came out of nowhere. Yeah. We were talking about this guy out of Japan. It was like, whoa, 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 yep. what is this? It's mm-hmm. almost the same reaction we're having with Shohei Otani right now. Yep. But Ichiro was the first. It yep. was like, wow, this is incredible. Baseball had a resurgence the same way that we first started looking at right. when international players came into the NBA. Yep, exactly. And just to put this in perspective, so he had 10 seasons, 10 consecutive seasons, I should say, with 200 hits or more. Keep in mind that no player had over 200 hits in 2013 or 2018 or any season in the 2020s. Wow. So it's not like guys are doing 200 hits uh, a year. I mean, to even get to 200 is amazing. And then to do it 10 seasons in a row, forget about it. I mean, it's just, it's insane. This feels like, and forgive me if I'm stepping on hollow ground, it's in the world of like a Nolan Ryan record where it just doesn't even feel like it could have been possible then. Right. And I just, I can't see this being broken. I really can't. Yeah. He's absolutely outstanding player. So yeah, yeah, I don't think this one's coming close. All right, let's move on to another one. Most career doubles. Mm -hmm. Um, Tris speaker, 792. He played from 1907 to 1928. Pretty good career there. That's a really great career. Um, Highlights include, Five fifty double double seasons, ten forty double doubles or double seasons. I keep wanting to say double double. The basketball <laughs> guy in me he wants to say that. Right. Um, and then led the league in doubles eight times. Wow. That is ridiculous. Yeah. But right. what do you think of Mr. Speaker? Well, I'll tell you what. So the Pete Rose had forty six fewer doubles. So you could argue that Pete Rose played. Um, sort of in the modern era, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, where Tris Speaker played. 100 years ago but i will say that the art i mean maybe it is the art but the art of 
stretching a single into a double, you just don't see it anymore. I yeah. mean, guys are they don't want to. Well, they don't want to get out, <laughs> but but also they don't want to risk injury. I mean, you're probably diving into second. I mean, there's a yeah, lot of reasons why these that guys. That is fair. You know, I, I always, my immediate thought was, oh, he just hit the ball in such a way that it was fluky that it just kind of went a little bit further than a single. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. A little bit further than a single, but not quite far enough right. to be a triple. Right. But you're right. This is probably somebody stretching a play. I, I think that, well, that's what Pete Rose was all about, was stretching a single into a double. You'd see it all the time. So I just don't see this being broken. I mean, yeah. career doubles, 792, crazy amount. It feels like there's a year we need to hammer down. Maybe it's 1932 or maybe it's 1928 where right. this era, era of baseball almost ceases to exist. And from that comes the golden generation. Your DiMaggio's come in. Those guys that we think about, Babe Ruth comes in. Um, and then we hit kind of the modern era where baseball takes over and becomes America's game Mm -hmm. pastime. And then we jump into the present day somewhere around the nineties after Ken Griffey jr. Right. right. It'd be kind of interesting to make that kind of a timeline Mm -hmm. at some point. Baseball definitely has a lot of different eras. Yeah. And the the game is very different between each one. It really is. So I have one for the NBA. We should make one for you for baseball. I think I'd love to see the wheels spin on that one. Mm -hmm. All right, most home runs in a game. Yeah. Set by Lou Gehrig at four. So that's interesting because there's 18 players actually who have hit four home runs in a game. Lou wow. Gehrig being the first one to do it. Got it. Um, but to hit five home runs in a game would be almost, Im- well, I shouldn't say impossible, but very hard to do because most guys only get up four times, right? Mm-hmm. So um, only two players have ever made a plate appearance that could have resulted in a fifth home run, but they didn't hit it. So Lou Uh Gehrig in 1932 and Mike Cameron in 2002, um, they hit four home runs and then they got up to bat again and they did not hit a fifth home run. So um, four home runs in a game, I honestly can see this being broken. Um, It would be talked about for months. It would be talked about for months, but the way guys are basically trying to hit home runs now, um, you get you get somebody up there with a hot bat. I could see him knocking yeah. out five home runs. I yeah, this might be one of the only ones where, God, it's hard to see, but I think you're right. I do. Mm-hmm. All right, <clears throat> let's do highest career batting average of all time. It's somebody near and dear to my heart again. Yes, I know I've dropped this story on you a few times. Ty Cobb. Yes, at uh, three sixty six. Far from the Mendoza line, right? <laughs> right. So he he hit over 300 in 23 straight seasons. Wow. Now, wow. you have to keep in mind, he played a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> so was the pitching worse then? Yes. Was the hitting worse? Yes. But at the same time, you know, you still have an unbelievable guy who, or an unbelievable hitter who could just get hits and to mm-hmm. average again, this is the average. So they have a highest um, batting average of 366 over the, over the lifetime of your career is, is to have over 300 is amazing, but to hit over 350 for your career. Crazy. So, yeah. I mean, two years he hits over 400. Yeah. Like he was just ridiculous when right. he got up to the plate. So love seeing Ty Cobb making it here, but it does, it blows my mind. It's over 100 yeah. years ago. And just to put this in context, Tony Gwynn, um, great mm. hitter sort of of our our era, right? 
he had a career average of 338. So, you know, he was in the 300s, but he was also easily one of the best hitters I've ever seen. So, Okay. Well, speaking of great hitters, let's not just talk about a career, but let's just talk about a single season. Highest single season batting average of all time is 440, held by Hugh Duffy in 1894, and that name feels like it should be in 1894. Hugh Duffy, yeah. He is the highest single season average in the National League and MLB history. Yep. So that's the highest in, in MLB, highest that and that was National League. And highest in American League was uh Nap Lajoli in nineteen oh one. Wow. He hit four twenty six. Again when you're this... naming your kids Nap. <laughs> yeah. Um so in the postmodern I'm sorry, in the modern quote unquote post dead ball era Rogers Hornsby hit 424 in 1924. Again, you got to go back 100, 100 years or over 100 years to see numbers like this. Mm-hmm. Um, that's always a benchmark going into every season. Is any player going to hit over 400? The most recent to do it was Ted Williams in 1941. He hit 406. Wow. So uh, George Brett hit 391 year. Tony Gwynn hit 394. Um, but those were the... Those were the guys closest to even getting to 400. So um, I don't think a player will will hit over 440 for a season. Um, I just, there's no yeah, way. Yeah, I, I mean, think the talent's too far yeah. on pitching to ever see that happen again. Yeah. Unless we saw a drastic seismic shift in how pitchers were brought up. And I just don't think yeah. that's the way. And speaking of shift, I mean, they're, they're going to outlaw the shift now, right? Oh, so, really? So yeah. there's... You know, I guess it gives hitters more of an advantage. But again, to see to see somebody hitting to see somebody hitting three fifty is just ridiculous. So anyway, let's move on. So yeah. uh, most RBI in a season. Yeah, one hundred and ninety one by <laughs> Hack Wilson. Right, in nineteen thirty. So again, you have to go back a hundred years um, to to see this. And honestly, you could almost take you could almost take these records and say you know anything but. Anything before 1930 is really a different game. It is. It's somewhere in there. There's a line where it's like the the developmental period where you're like, okay, baseball's still learning what it is. It's figuring it out. It has some really amazing numbers and has some really terrible numbers, Mm -hmm. like how football starts, how basketball starts. Like, oh, we scored 50 a game and he got 26 rebounds, but yeah, are we sure that defense is very good? Yeah. Okay. Well, and that's baseball's growing period, and then somewhere between. Um, well, let's face it, around World War II, the game kind of shifted in a way. Yep. And when it came back and it professionalized, we had all of these amazing stars that led into the 60s. Mm-hmm. And the 60s took it to a whole new height. Yes. So, yeah, at some point we're going to have to make a timeline because that would be fun it, to it really, just see yeah, where the players are. Exactly. It's just such a different game now. But um, anyway, let's move on. Absolutely. Um, so this next one I think you'll like. Yeah, most consecutive games played. Oh, yeah, I like this one. <laughs> 2,632 by Cal Ripken Jr. So, from 1982 to 1998. I remember that. I remember, really? I remember the first game. Well, I remember the game. Well, I should back up. I remember the game that he played when he when he uh, beat um, Lou Gehrig. Mm. And then I remember the his last game, of course, which was, I believe, the last game of the 98 season. But, again... For somebody to play, I mean, he played 16 years, um, never missed a game. Uh, it's crazy. Uh, how do you wow. how do you play that long and never 
sit out a game. You just don't see it now. Yeah, it's just, just a freak it. occurrence yeah. that that can happen, especially in baseball. Just right. with the amount of games that are out there, the amount of times things can go wrong. Yeah, I think this is untouchable. Yeah, I mean, just to put it in context, for a player to reach, to beat that record, well, to even reach, get close to it, they would have to play all 162 games for 16 years. Oh, my gosh. So it's you're not going to see that. You just know No, not in today's game. Yeah. All right, longest hitting streak. Now this one, yeah, go ahead, sorry. No, I was going to say, once <laughs> I see your wheels turning, it's got 56 games. Now, this one, I'm actually, I'm actually shocked that this has not been broken yet. Really? Um, Joe DiMaggio did it, and the fun fact about that is that the when he got to 56 games, the next game he did not get a hit, and then he went on to hit, I believe, for another 18 games after that. Oh, <laughs> so wow. So there was that one game, but... Um, Joe DiMaggio did this in 1941. Hit, hit, had got at least one hit in 56 straight games. Um, the next closest player was Willie Keeler um, with 45 uh, over two seasons um, in 19. I'm sorry, 1896 to 97. Um, Pete Rose had 44. I mean, some of these guys came close, but nobody has done 56 games. This is one of those records where. Um, you see guys um, not even come close to it. You might see a guy hit maybe 10, 15, maybe 20 straight games. Wow. But to do it in 56 straight games, it's it's so rare. Um, just because surprising. hitting, I mean, hitting and pitching is it's just so different now. Yeah. And uh, But I'm kind of surprised, too. I, I thought, you know, 56 games, but that's, that's actually a lot of games. That so. is a lot of games for a single hit. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, most career home runs by a pitcher. Yes. It's no. held by Wes Farrell. <laughs> God love you, Wes. Wes He's got Farrell. 37. Yeah, 1920 and 1930s. So um, we know pitchers now to be pitchers. Yeah. They, they don't hit. They don't try to hit. They don't want to hit. Um, the last thing they want to do is pick up a bat <laughs> uh, for good reason, right? They're a pitcher. They're getting paid to pitch. So, But, again, back 100 years ago, um, usually the pitchers were the best athletes on the team. They're, they're mm-hmm. the ones who could – Probably the best hitters, the best pitchers, um, probably the best at just about everything. So it was it was uh, almost common for a pitcher to be a really good hitter back then. So mm-hmm. um, I I can't see a pitcher hitting thirty seven home runs. You know, I'm going to go against you. I can really because when I think of Shohei Otani, I think he's a pitcher. Okay, but um, I do yeah. think it depends on how you classify it because he also is a DH. So do you give credit to him? Or do you not? That's a good question. I would say... Because he has 34 home runs in 2022. But and how many 127. of those... How many of those did he hit while he was pitching that game? See, I think mm, you need to do that. If he's gotcha. just DHing, that's, then he's a DH. But okay. I get what you're saying. Yeah. Okay, then. Well, I think, I think there is a sliver of hope. <laughs> okay. But it's a small sliver. Fair enough. Don't want to be enough. around that thing. All right. Uh, what we got see. next? Here's here's a good one. Most stolen bases in a season. Yeah. I love the art of stealing bases, and so did Ricky Henderson. He's Ricky. got 130. 130. Wow. All right. Well, what are your thoughts on that? So it doesn't I, feel like this is around a lot, is the art of stealing bases. Well, that's the thing, is you don't you don't see stealing much anymore. I remember when he did this. I remember when he played, and, I mean, it was automatic. When he got on first base, whether it was a single or a walk, 
he was on second base the next pitch. Um, he was so good at stealing. But the art of stealing has just kind of gone away. And I don't know why yeah. guys don't like to steal. I don't know why managers don't like to steal guys. I mean, to me, it's like you should be stealing because you get into scoring position. But yeah. you just don't see it a lot. At least the, the teams I watch, like the Twins and stuff, they never steal. It also, and correct me if I'm wrong, it felt like they had a player that was innately very good at getting on base and stealing. Like, I think of the scene from Major League where they're right. clocking the times. Yes. And we just don't have that guy anymore. Mm-hmm. It's like every NBA team used to have a player like a Mark Price or like a, a Kerr is a great example. Steve Kerr right. was similar. Every single team had a version of Steve Kerr. Right. And almost every single team had a version of a Ricky Henderson. He's the top model, mm-hmm. but they had a guy that could get on base and yep. steal and be in great scoring position. Yep. And that just doesn't seem to exist anymore. I, it really doesn't. And I think I think it's mostly because guys, generally speaking, they are not up there to get on base. They're up there to hit home runs. Yeah. And everyone's swinging through the fence, and I wish it wasn't like that, but they kind of are. So you're not going to have the guy who gets three singles in a game. You're just oh. not. So Interesting. Um, <clears throat> all right. Well, let's talk about most steals for home in a career. Yes. Back to one of my boys, Ty Cobb <laughs> with 54, and he had a nose to get broken too and sliding did. into home. He he I mean, I was, you know, fearless. He totally fearless. He would he would go in spikes up and <laughs> <laughs> but stealing stealing home in itself is very rare. Yeah. I mean, to steal home, I don't know if people know what that means, but if you're on third base, and you and the pitcher is about to pitch the ball, you will actually steal home just like you would steal second base or third base. You're stealing home, so you're essentially arriving at home plate when the ball arrives or wow. or close to it. Right, that's the whole goal, and it's not a pretty play. It's usually no. guys are colliding and stuff. But Ty Cobb, he was one of the best. He would steal home, and they probably knew it was coming. And they yeah. still couldn't get him out. So yeah, and he was a big man for the time. He was six one. Oh yeah, I mean that's yeah. So really amazing um, to see. Well, let's start yeah. moving into kind of the other stuff that we want to talk about. Whether it's outfielding, whether it's just accolades throughout the games. Um, why don't we start with most All Star games played by the right. one, the only, <laughs> Mister Hank, Hank Aaron, with twenty five from nineteen fifty four to nineteen seventy six. 25 is the number. Do you think it can ever be broken? Never. Ne- yeah, Never. I can't see this ever happening. For a guy to even play 25 seasons is going to be amazing, and then to make the All-Star game, no way. Yeah. Not going to happen. I don't think this could be broken in any other layer of sports. Yeah. I mean, it's ridiculous. I mean, Miguel Cabrera, arguably one of the best players of our generation, he's been on 11 All-Star games. Hank Aaron had 25. It's just, there's no way. Okay. Well, let's move along to most wins, losses, and games managed. It just so happens to be the tri- or the triple crown winner. Just so happens to be Connie Mack, yes. with in order of wins three thousand seven hundred thirty-one, losses three thousand nine hundred forty-eight, and then games managed seven thousand seven hundred fifty-five. <laughs> so this man is a dead split. Unfortunately, the losing's a little higher, but you know what? Respect. Right. Having most wins, losses, and games managed, you get to walk home with everything. So you don't hear this name a lot, but people need to appreciate Connie Mack and what he did. First of all, he managed for 50 years. Yeah. He retired in 1950. So he re- he managed the first half of the 20th century. Unbelievable. And, I mean, just to be in, to be in the game that long is amazing. 
again, I can't see any manager hanging around that. Even some of the the <laughs> old crusty managers we see now, you know, the Bobby Cox and and Tony Lebrusa and stuff like that, they're not going to manage fifty years. It's, yeah, it's insane. So this is this will never ever be broken as far as I'm concerned. And just because I'm curious. He played another 11 years as a player, I know, too. I know. So, in total, 61 years of service to the game of baseball. This man deserves to be crazy? in the Hall of Fame. He does. And just unbelievable <laughs> records. Never should be touched. Yeah. I don't want anyone to try to touch them, either. Right. That's a hell of a commitment. All right. <laughs> Most road losses in a season. This sad, sad record belongs to the 1899 Cleveland Spiders who were yep. so bad the team was disbanded after the season. So here's the funny thing about this record is you think, okay, you play 162 games, you play 81 road games, 81 home games. How could you lose 101 road games? <laughs> and the funny thing about this, and they would never do this now, but the reason they had more that many road losses is because sometimes they would move the games from one sta- one team to another for various reasons. Oh, Weather could okay. be an option. So they wouldn't do a rain out. They would say, you know what, it's raining here. We'll come and play at your... We'll still be the home team, but we'll play in your... Got yeah, it. Whatever. A lot of times owners would say, no one's going to show up there, but we have a whole fan base here. You come over here and play. Mm. So there was a lot more of that moving around. Um, it, it was, you know, a team didn't be like, okay, it's our home game. We're going to play home. It's it's almost like they would kind of decide almost last minute, like, where are we going to play? <laughs> and they would move around. And obviously the teams were much closer geographically then. So yeah. it, was, it was easier you for could them do to it. do it. So obviously this would never be broken today because the most road losses a team could ever have is 81. So. Yeah, well... 20 and 134 is their final record, so I Ouch. pray to God not. Ouch. <laughs> Those poor guys. Yeah, that, that's a good one. Right um, on. Well, going down the list here, we have, well, let's let's probably end it here, actually. Let's, let's end go, it here. because this is something um, <laughs> that, for whatever reason, we always talk about attendance still, and it's yes. been a big topic this past year, but lowest paying attendance ever. Right. Six. <laughs> Worcester Baseball Club in 1882. Yep. Only six people showed up. Six paid spectators. I guess paid's the important word there. Right, right. You got these little kids Um, with scraped up knees watching from the other side of the fence (laughs) and somebody's chasing them. Yeah, they were dead last in the National League for for the 1882 season. And they were located in a city that did not meet the NL's population standards. So they oh, were they were okay. one and done. They they didn't last long. Now I will say that the COVID year that we had when there were no fans in the stands, you you could argue that there was no paid attendance, but for, for games where people could actually go watch, this is the lowest paid attendance are six people. So um, I'm I, amazed somebody recorded yeah. that. You'd think that file would be burned. <laughs> I don't see that ever being broken, but honestly, there are some teams now that, you know. Oh, yeah. Well, standard-wise, it feels like the A's have a serious problem. Yes, they really do. Because by today's standards, when you're a commercially marketing team and you can barely fill your stadium a third, that's scary. It's and and they even like close off the upper deck and the yeah. whole thing and it's just it's not good. So yeah, they, baseball needs to fix that with some of these smaller market teams, the A's, um, the Rays. I mean, Tampa's a great team and yeah. people don't go and watch them. Yeah, it's just, yeah. It's it, it's been it. one of those things that just it's bizarre to watch. So mm-hmm. it'd be interesting to see 
since the goalposts have been moved to present day, what that number probably yeah. really is. Right, right. Because Lord only knows, especially because we got two teams, that it's amazing how low the attendance has been. Yep. All right. Well, thanks for going through this with me. It's sure. always fun to talk a little baseball with you, especially because Absolutely. I don't get to talk it very much. Yeah. Um, but with this, do you have any parting thoughts before we get going here? No, I think that's it. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast. If you want to get in, in contact with the show or listen to past podcasts, visit our website at that'sadumrule.com. Otherwise, tune in next time for another Dumb Rule.